0: Yeah.
3: Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. An Erio's original.
4: I was born with a special gift. The ability to mentally transform any situation into the worst case scenario in my life Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning into The Alarmist, a comedy podcast where we talk about history's greatest disasters and tragedies and figure out who's to blame. Today, we'll be discussing the Stonewall Riots. And here's what you need to know. The Stonewall Inc. Located at 51 and 53 Christopher Street in the Greenwich Village neighborhood of New York City, was a popular gay bar and focal point of an uprising that lasted several days in the summer of 1969. In the 1950s and 1960s, LGBTQ Americans were up against a growing anti-gay legal system. While being gay was legal in the state of New York, bars that openly served alcohol to gay customers were considered by the State Liquor Authority, SLA, to be, quote, disorderly houses where unlawful practices are habitually carried on by the public. For this reason, the SLA refused to issue liquor licenses to gay bars in the city, and many places had their licenses suspended or revoked for, quote, indecent conduct. The owners and managers of these bars were rarely gay, and the Stonewall Inn, like many other gay bars in the village, was owned by the Mafia. At 1.20 a.m. in the early morning hours of June 28, 1969, Deputy Inspector Seymour Pine of Manhattan's First Division of Public Morals, along with several undercover officers, entered the Stonewall Inn and announced it was a raid. Police! We're taking the place! Police! The doors were sealed and the lights went on. This took many inside by surprise as they hadn't been tipped off this time. Armed with a warrant, police checked IDs. Those who were employees of the bar or were found to be violating the state's gender-appropriate clothing statute were held in a coat closet while they waited to be arrested. The rest were released one by one. But outside, they didn't immediately disperse. Within minutes, about 150 people had congregated across the street at Sheridan Square. Many, who were waiting for their friends still inside, cheered for people as they exited. Initially, some described it as an almost festive gathering. But the atmosphere quickly changed when a woman in handcuffs, who witnesses identified as a locally known, quote, Butch lesbian named Storme de Larverie, was escorted outside and fought with police for about 10 minutes. One witness claimed Storme had been hit on the head by an officer with a baton for complaining that her handcuffs were too tight. Bystanders recalled the spark that ignited the crowd when she shouted, Why don't you guys do something? It is believed it was that moment when things turned explosive. Someone declared that the bar had been raided because the police hadn't been paid off, prompting the crowd to throw pennies toward the cops and shouting, Let's pay
5: them off! and Pigs!
4: Pennies turned into quarters, turned into bottles, turned into cobblestones. A parking meter was used to battery-ram the door from the bar. A trash can on the street was set on fire, as was the Coke closet inside Stonewall. Molotov cocktails were thrown, and parts of the building caught fire. As things escalated, Deputy Pine and his officers were outnumbered by the swelling crowd of 600 people. The NYPD Tactical Patrol Force, TPF, was called upon. In military formation, they attempted to control the crowd. The crowd responded with an impromptu chorus line facing the cops. At that point, the police started chasing after the people and hitting them with their batons. The crowd finally dispersed. By 4 a.m., the streets surrounding the Stonewall Inn had been cleared. Thirteen people were arrested that night, and some of those in the crowd were hospitalized. Four police officers were also injured. Almost everything inside the bar had been destroyed. But the next day, the protests continued. Thousands of people participated in the city's uprising for a total of six days. New groups like the Gay Liberation Front, GLF, and the Gay Activists' Alliance, GAA, were launched as a direct result. While early gay rights organizations of the 50s and early 60s, like the Mattachine Society, had a more conservative approach to the fight for gay rights, Stonewall is credited with having started the second wave of the movement focusing on radical direct action and countering societal shame with gay pride. It was the new political ideology known as gay liberation. Fun facts, a.k.a. Death Stats. About 205 people were believed to be inside the Stonewall Inn during the raid. 13 of them were arrested. 28 cases of beer and 19 bottles of hard liquor were seized. There is almost no photographic coverage of the riots, largely because the press didn't cover gay issues. On the one-year anniversary of the riots on June 28, 1970, thousands of people marched in the streets of Manhattan from the Stonewall Inn to Central Park in what was then called Christopher Street Liberation Day, America's first gay pride parade. The parade's official chant was, say it loud, gay is proud.
1: Why are you here today? Darling, I want my gay rights now.
4: (laughs) I think it's about time the gay brothers and sisters got their rights, and especially the women. With us today, we have producer Amanda Lund. Hi, Rebecca. Fact-checking for us today is Clayton Early.
2: I'm here, I'm queer, and I know how to Google.
4: (laughs) And our very special guest is Margaret Cho. Margaret, hi. 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 Thank you so much for joining us today. We, we are so excited to have you on because you're such a huge advocate of the LGBTQ community. Thank uh, you. And you also have uh, a podcast on the ERIOS network called The Margaret Cho. And everyone yes. should check it out because they're
1: doing bonus episodes for Pride Month. That's right, to celebrate uh, Gay Pride. And so this is a special month and it, and it's a special uh, subject for me as I, I love Gay Pride.
5: I want to say like probably 50% of the
1: guests you have on The Margaret Show are, are drag queens. <laughs> yeah, we have quite a large drag contingent, um, which is always really special, and um, I love it because uh, everybody also uh, comes on without their makeup on, so we're very um, <laughs> lucky to have uh, the casual nature of, I love, love like when you can have drag without the drag. Yes, a fresh face. It's so It feels good.
4: <laughs> the day right now when we're recording, it's the fifth anniversary of the Marriage Equality Act. Hey. So Ooh. big day! Yes, that's big awesome. big yes.
2: Day. Big really day big for day. Clay.
4: He, big day for me. That was I, you decided to propose
1: to your. Yes,
2: yeah, shortly boyfriend. after it empowered me to propose to my then boyfriend at the time and now husband.
1: That's incredible! Oh, wow, yeah. that's wonderful. All right, are we
4: ready to talk about terrible American history?
1: <laughs> Yay! Yes! Yay!
4: Just a quick, very abridged recap of LGBTQ American history um, that you probably weren't taught in school. So, 1600s sodomy laws that defined certain sexual acts as crime. Uh, are put in place in the colonies and these laws are mainly targeted towards sexual acts between persons of the persons of the same sex in 1777 Thomas Jefferson revises Virginia Virginia law to make sodomy uh punishable by, by mutilation rather than death so he made it uh a little better um <laughs> terrible Mm -hmm. 1917 u.s immigration laws modified to ban persons with abnormal sex this is quote abnormal sexual instincts from entering the united states 1942 working with psychiatrists the military develops guidelines for recruiters in order to identify and exclude gay men from the services okay it gets even worse 1947, the State Department begins firing suspected homosexuals under President Truman's National Security Loyalty Program. In 1950, New York made legal history when it became the first state in the U.S. to reduce sodomy to a misdemeanor with a maximum penalty of six months in prison. In 1950, the Mattachine Society, a gay organization aimed at promoting tolerance of sexual homosexuality, is founded in L.A. by Harry Hay. 1952, American Psychi- Psychiatric Association, APA, declares, quote, homosexuality a mental disorder. 1953, President Dwight D. Eisenhower issues an executive order banning the employment of quote homosexuals by the federal government. Many state and local governments soon adopt similar policies and by 1955, more than 1200 men and women are fired from their federal government jobs. Now, 1962, Illinois becomes the first state to eliminate sodomy laws, and they are actually the only state at the time of the Stonewall uprising that has done that. Some states follow through, but by 2003, 2003, 14 states still have sodomy laws. Uh, That's when the Supreme Court reverses the decision and invalidates sodomy laws in all 50 states. So it's not until 2003 now I think that we should start off by kind of uh talking about the some of the commemorated participants uh, of the uprising. Uh, there's Stormay Delarvery and she's she's actually the woman who is quoted with sparking the crowd um and igniting people to fight with the police. She apparently shouted to bystanders, why don't you guys do something? And her role in the movement lasted long after the 1960- 1969. For decades, she was a self-appointed guardian of lesbians in the, in the village. She was a tall, androgynous, and armed, and she held a state gun permit, so she would go around uh, bars patrolling the sidewalks and checking in on her uh, lesbian bars, and she called them her baby girls. And then there's Sylvia Rivera, and Marsha P. Johnson, who were subculturally famous uh, New York City drag queens of color. Johnson participated at Stonewall. Rivera claimed to be, uh, to be a participant, but historians dispute it. This is one of the things where like, everyone in the community was like, I was there. <laughs> they they mm-hmm. all want it to be there.
2: <laughs> yeah, there's lots of contention about whether Marsha threw the first brick. And, and, you know, it's like everything I found, nothing really confirms. But there's a lot of like they were around and participating in some capacity.
4: If you Google Stonewall, the, these are the two images. You know, you see Marsha and Sylvia. They're, they're kind of like iconic. Um, Sylvia is half Puerto Rican. So, woot woot. Um and there's also Miss Major Griffin Gracie. She was there at, waiting for one of her girlfriends at the bar, and she's the one who is said to have struck the police with her purse. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start with putting people up on the board. First off the bat, I think we need to talk about the police. Mm-hmm. Now, the police are the ones that are doing the raiding, so they're being paid off by the mob, so they're, they're they're deciding what is okay to enforce. It's selective enforcement, I guess you could call it.
2: What a weird like bedfellow that the queer community in like cahoots with the mafia who are like, well, we could make a buck. So like, sure, we'll we'll take care of you guys.
1: (laughs) Well, the story about the mafia involvement with the gay bar was that, um, one of the mafia wives, um, who had, uh, she had been married to, I guess somebody in the mafia was, she, um, was actually a lesbian. And so she had, I guess, divorced somebody in the mafia. And then, Um, taken up with her lover and bought one of the bars and then um was was running it um and was basically running it for the mafia in order to have a place to hang out and so that was one of the reasons why i think that was the stonewall inn was one of the places that she was running and i think that was um the the thing of like that they were also um, working with the police, and then I think there's something that was the, supposedly the story about um, why it got raided. There was some kind of an argument that happened with the police there, and why they they ended up raiding it. Um, but it's it's something that it's just a strange thing. You would think, like, because you know, you think that the mafia is sort of a very very um, heteronormative organization that wouldn't necessarily be involved with gay anything um so it's an odd odd thing that they would be associated but i i think mm-hmm. that 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 was um I, I also think that they do they don't really also care if there's money involved they're going to make money where they can make money we we obviously we should put the mafia
4: up on the board as well in terms of the uh police though there are two people that uh are particularly egregious There's the police commissioner, Howard Leary, and he's the one who approves the raids and uh, approves the arrests against the gay community that was happening at the time. And there's also Deputy Seymour Pine, who was actually there. He's the 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 guy who goes in and and does the raid with the other undercover cops. And he was uh, he had kind of he was he had been there on the Tuesday before. So he was known to everyone to all the patrons and 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 the bar because he did it himself. And he's later um I mean he's he's a an interesting person because and we can talk about this later because it it could you know he was particularly egregious but he was also like a cog in the wheel. So we'll discuss I guess. But he does later on come on to say, I mean, 2004, he, he gets retired, he retires in 76, and in 2004, um, he acknowledges that officers certain, certainly were prejudiced, but he had no idea, uh, what gay people were about. This is what he says. Um he then also justifies the raid on the Stonewall as a routine way of combating organized crime and noted that arresting gay people was an easy way for officers to improve their arrest numbers.
5: Well, nothing now, wrong with that. <laughs> <laughs> I can't see that leading to yeah. a, a problem having quotas right. to fill on how many people you arrest. Oh god. Yeah, good sense. thing that stopped, right? Yeah. Uh
4: so the, the mafia, there's this mobster named Fat Tony, and he's with the, the Genovese crime family. He's the guy, he's the one who, um, in the New York Times and, and all these things, is quoted as owning. He bought the place, Fat Tony, um, and, which had been a, a restaurant that was damaged in a fire, and he converts it to this gay bar by slapping some black paint on the walls And and of course, the windows, because all of the windows were closed up. And he just posted a a picture of a man at the front door. Um, And that was it. That was his uh, his (laughs) renovation. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So he, uh, of course, controls everything inside, like from the jukebox to cigarettes. And he's the one who's. Uh, bribing the the police, the New York six police precinct with around $1,200 a month to turn a blind eye as to what's going on. Now, there's what what starts happening, though, which is what I think is really interesting. Stonewall's owners report uh, also reportedly engaged in extortion employees singled out wealthy patrons who were not public about their sexuality and blackmailed them for large sums of money with the threat of being outed. This practice eventually became the most profitable aspect of the mafia's club management. And the person who enforced that was a guy by the name of Ed Murphy, who is quoted as uh, his nickname was the skull and He was in charge of the extortion.
5: Should we put the Stonewall Inn owners of the time on the board? I I mean, I think let's put Fat Tony and and the Skull. And
4: of course, along with the police, we have to put the New York State Liquor Authority who... um, they're in char- the, the raid comes amid a broader police crackdown on gay bars for operating in New York State Liquor Authority license, which uh, has something they was something they did only because the SLA refused to grant bars that served gay licenses, forcing them to operate as illegal saloons.
2: It's for that reason that the Stonewall Inn was considered what's called a, a bottle club and you had to sign this fake kind of like registry as you walked in the door, which I'm sure people mostly use fake names. They
4: wouldn't, they wouldn't have used their uh, real name because it was such a big fear at the time that they would be outed. I mean something I was reading was that if you got caught in a raid, then the they would put your name and your face in the newspapers.
1: I mean yeah, it was I was just, just like well, it'd be just so great to be in the pay the gay paper just <laughs> <laughs> With your face, so the, it's,
4: would it be like
1: your like your school picture, or like you're just a photo, like a mugshot? Or right. I mean, it's like could you choose the photo that they put, or you would just? I mean, it's just kind of a. I mean, I wonder what what photo you would have to put. Out. I mean, it's kind of it's kind of amazing. An artist rendering be outed, yeah, right,
5: it's yeah. like artist your
2: mugshot. Act a little yeah, probably gayer, the please, so shut. that they know. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they would also put people's addresses. Which so is, maybe if you good. had a common name, there would be no mistake. Yeah, it's this Mr. Smith. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. John Smith.
4: All of this is all happening because of this 1964 World's Fair that is supposed to go to new york city oh go on all of these laws are putting place um and there's this mayor so there's this mayor robert wagner and the the he decides that he is going to rid the streets of transgender gay lgbtq everything he wants to clean new york city clean up new york city for the world's fair
5: Okay, so we got to put the World's Fair on the board. Yeah. <laughs> <you think> <laughs> um,
4: this is probably a really dumb question, Clayton, and maybe you can help us with this. Okay. What is the
1: point of the World's Fair?
2: To show off a city? God, I mean, I like, just, like technology and advancement.
1: Yeah, like inventions, and mm-hmm. like it's kind of like so, um, yeah, inventors can show things, um, innovations. Um, it was like yeah.
2: the birth of like certain types of architecture and even like landscaping i think was a big part what's the guy's name who did like the big landscaping for uh, the world fair in chicago they wrote about uh-huh. him in that book the devil in the white city if you can't remember his name but he yeah. also designed central park like it's a, it was a lot of just like Look how futuristic and innovative we are and come and be impressed by our place in the world, other countries, like the and, Olympics.
5: Right. And I was just going to say, it probably does all go back to money, because if the New York City has the World's Fair, it's going to bring in a ton of tourism and boost the yeah. economy there.
2: You know, so, we have to put capitalism on yeah. the board, right? I'm on the show at this show. Capitalism is always up
4: there. <laughs> Let's put capitalism up. And That's also, I mean, I, we haven't even talked about, like, homophobia and, like, just general right. bigotry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> According to Estelle Friedman's, from uh, the, the social stigma associated with being queer, the laws that discriminated against sexual nonconformity to the risk of being institutionalized as a deviant, For, this forced major LGBT queue people into the closet, hiding their identities and their desires. Then the Atlantic says, in short, the Stonewall operate as a sort of de facto community center for gay youth rendering homeless by familial and institutional rejection who had taken refuge in New York City in hopes of finding a place where they could be in the world. This continues decades later.
2: I think something that's interesting to consider there, not that we're vilifying people in the LGBT community, but there's even stigma among other gay and lesbian men for drag queens at the time. And the Stonewall was considered a refuge for what they called the drags or the queens who even other gay people in the community at the time were kind of like, you know, were shunning for whatever reason.
1: Yeah, there's like a need for like heteronormative behavior, even within the queer community. Like you you still have to conform. That's why there's like really rigid body ideals. Like there's like really rigid um, kind of like beauty ideals, even within queerness. Like we have really like... we. I mean, we still sort of have like this, these like ideals that we stick to, even if we're going to live outside heterosexuality, you know, and it's, it's really unfortunate. And it's, and it's, I think, it's like, oh, well, if you can't be quote, unquote, normal, you still have to be normal. So it's a weird, it's these double standards that we, we hold ourselves to even. I think that's true of like margin, uh, also other
4: marginalized or like minorities, even. Mm -hmm. Right Where it's like you you try and show them your best quote unquote right. and w- that's what I found so inspiring about the gay liberation movement, which was like our I, like we are our best you know it's like showing n- not having to prove anything and just like you should accept us because you should accept us period.
2: Yeah they kind of flipped it on its head because at the time it was all about proving that like it's inferior and you know it's a disease or mental illness and they were like no it's beautiful like we're, we are beautiful like queer is beautiful and we're going to like reclaim it
4: Yeah, and mm-hmm. celebrate it. I mean in a way I wonder if we can put the Mattachine Society up there.
2: For being too uh, militant about assimilation?
4: Well, it's twofold, right? Because I think the Mattachine Society was a response to what was happening at the time with all of these laws and, and this like hatred. But at the same time, it wasn't helping the movement, that kind of activism.
2: Yeah, my understanding is that they were the more conservative whereas this boot finally broke from that and was like no we are going to be direct and aggressive and like defy all of that instead of trying to like ask permission to like just exist alongside you
4: they also like asked their members to like dress um form like in suit like the me- they always required the men to protest in suits and the women to wear dresses
2: what a reflection of the time
1: right? yeah Yeah, but it's kind of like in the early 2000s, a lot, I mean, before, like, um, the Gay Marriage Act, everything, like, was, you know, like, early gay lobbyist groups wouldn't include trans language or, like, non-binary language in any of the bills, because they were like, let's get this passed first, and then we'll include the trans community, and it was like, there was a lot of pushback with that, because, like, now you're putting conditions on what's gay, You know, and that wasn't the right way to go about it. So it's almost it's like, you know, we either are all free or we're not, you know, and you can't you can't put conditions on it. But it's like that same thing of like, let's let's sort of see how conservative we can go so that they'll accept us is not the right way but still you know they're going to try to do that I saw this uh, clip of this guy
4: uh, who was a representative of the the Mattachine Society in like speaking to Florida Congress or whatever saying uh, yes like we want want you to remove uh, laws about uh, uh, about our uh, hiring but don't worry like we're not asking to for you to accept us being married and we're not ex- we're not asking for you to let us have children no, no 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 we would never do that we just want you to let us work which is like
2: uh... <laughs> i mean how much of that is like strategic versus just your own like their own internal homophobia, right. you know, like, right. It was hard for me to say that I was gay when I was a teenager, like find that coming out the word gay had such a stigma that you like start to believe it. It's like Stockholm syndrome.
1: Yeah. Or but for the time that's really, but it's truly revolutionary, you know, because they were so, I mean, when you're brought up in that, the darkness of the closet, you don't even know where freedom lies. So it's very hard to even judge, like, how would they even know like how to, talk about freedom you know so it's like really it's it's hard because it's like those people grew up in that sort of shadow of like you know like Anita Bryant and Phyllis Schlafly like the intense um, craziness of the way that homosexuality was really looked at as this I mean how horrible like how horrible and a nightmare of like the invisibility of homosexuality and the secrecy around it and um, the pain that people had to go through if they were gay, you know, like it, it was just like, you, you know, not only was it invisible, but if it was visible, it was like this incredible shame. So, I mean, it's, it's very hard to think about like these, these early gay activists emerging saying, it's not that bad. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that bad. Fine. Oh my
2: God! <laughs> Look at me. I'm in a suit. I'm
4: okay. Yeah. I'm
1: fine. No.
2: <laughs> oh. Well,
4: I, and to your point, I think a a big part of that was religion, right? Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. they're the it's the religious institutions that are providing um, this like. Uh, how how do you say? It's like they're they're the ones imposing the shame. They're calling it sin or whatever it is that they call it in in in, in their religion, and they're promoting this superiority, this like heterosexual superiority, that then mm. empowers these people to be like, yeah, I'm right. I should I should make those laws. I should stand by this because yeah. religion is right. telling me that that's okay.
2: Right. And that hasn't changed, unfortunately. No, not at
4: all.
5: So, should we put God up on the board? Absolutely, because
2: God. Yeah, yes. God,
5: or, or we could put God for sure. Is there also something like Christian
4: Christianity, yeah. Christianity, Christianity or, religion,
1: sure.
5: organized
4: religion, yes. organized religion? Mm-hmm. Because there are other religions who that are not Christian who still uh, mm-hmm. who still promote that. Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah, totally. I don't. Is is there a religion that's like? homosexuality
1: is cool like it's totally yeah. fine yeah there's churches,
2: churches. yeah there's tr- yeah. i
1: mean yeah like um i think buddhism is cool buddhism in general is pretty cool with gayness i think if
5: there's anything else people want to throw on the board let's get it up there
4: i have two things one of them being communism because you know there's this somehow this like gay hatred or these gay laws come at a time during the the red scare so according according to gay and lesbian review a thriving gay subculture existed in new york by the early 20th century and this subculture was sufficiently tolerated that it burst into the mainstream popular culture in the 1920s and 30s as the quote pansy craze i'd never heard that term pansy craze um which in turn created a measure of gay visibility in films and plays. However, a backlash began during the Depression era and worsened during World War II, culminating in the culture of uh, nightmare that was the 1950s. The Lavender Scare shows how the terror brought on by the Cold War fed a national hysteria about homosexuality. In the end, it was homosexuals even more than communists or their sympathizers who wore the brunt of the government purges. So the conflation of homosexuality and communism occurred in part because during the Red Scare, a hardening of the American psyche occurred with engendered which engendered a corresponding desire for American males to be, quote,
5: tougher. I just watched a couple of documentaries on Roy Cohen, who is a fascinating character. So he was the attorney um, as a very young man. He was um, super involved in um, McCarthy's, the McCarthy hearings. He was also famously closeted. And was like glo- um going out all the time, and he died of AIDS, and he also was like uh trump's mentor Oh. But anyway, so there's a a big thing at the time during the McCarthy era, one of the reasons why they were so homophobic is because they thought that uh, foreign governments could use someone being closeted to kind of turn them and blackmail them. And that was like one of the excuses they used for being so for criminalizing homosexuality. So then maybe instead of uh, communism, we put McCarthyism. I could see that being connected.
4: So I I wanted to say the fashion industry now, and this whole, in my, you know, every episode, I try and put the fashion, not every episode, but most episodes I try and put the fashion industry in (laughs) jail. Uh, But for this one, I think we actually have a case, Amanda. Okay,
5: I'll I'll hear it. uh,
4: The New York gender appropriate clothing laws.
1: Mm. Yeah. Yes.
4: Yeah. The, this, you know, they they made uh, they uh, there, there were anti-cross-dressing laws dating back to 1845 that declared it a crime to have your quote face painted, discolored, covered, or concealed, or be otherwise disguised in road in a road or public highway. Um, and technically, police just use these old, often unrelated laws to target LGBTQ, uh, Q people throughout the 1940s, 50s, and 60s. Um, the existing... Yeah, wasn't
2: that for another... Wasn't that yes, for like a different reason? It was, what was... It? They were
4: called masquerade laws, and they were for... Um,
2: tax collectors, right? Isn't that what I read? It, they, it was people they trying would, to dress as Native Americans they would dress and as scare as Native tax Americans. collectors.
4: <laughs> yes. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> yes, exactly. So wow. t- they just kind of like used it. They're like, oh, th- this fits this is a yeah. mid-
2: <laughs> <laughs> this will do. do get in there raid that bar
4: <laughs> <laughs> um, and there was also like the three piece the three piece clothing law where you had to wear three articles of clothing that um that related to your sex so if you were a man you had to wear i don't know a, a under men's boxers <laughs> an under t-shirt can you imagine Dance? the
2: indecency of during a raid someone just questioning your you know gender identity and pulling you into a bathroom as they did during the civil rights and being like show us your genitalia and prove
1: it's so crazy prove
2: it yeah no. that's, that's insane it's humiliating
4: so crazy and s- socks didn't count for the three-piece rule <laughs> the three <laughs>
2: Because they're too gender yes. neutral? or <laughs> they,
1: That's what I read. They didn't count.
0: <laughs> hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com style. Here's a cool fact. A
3: crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. So um, who's to blame for the Stonewall
5: riots? We have the police, Police mm-hmm. Commissioner Howard Leary, Deputy Seymour Pine, the Mafia, Fat Tony and the Skull, the New York State Liquor Authority. Uh, New York World's Fair, Clayton's capitalism, <laughs> homophobia, um, the Mattachine Society, God, organized religion, McCarthyism, the Lavender Scare, and the fashion industry. Wow, a lot of good things up on this board. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now,
4: I-, I feel like off the bat, we can take we can at- make Fat Tony and the Skull part of the
5: Mafia. Okay.
4: Are are there any? Of these that we think that we can take off through process of elimination,
2: I would say you could take off the Madison Society because I don't think they really had any involvement in instigating the riots or the violence itself.
4: I also think that again they were uh, they were doing their best, right? Right mm-hmm. for the time, yeah, yeah. Yes, they
2: were doing the good work.
4: Yeah. And they were putting themselves out there, which was very brave. Yeah, in whatever yeah. form, you know, whatever form they did. I mean, Deputy, again, see, this is where it's like, Deputy Seymour Pine, was he just following
1: orders? But he's the one conducting
4: these raids.
1: Yeah, I think he's definitely to blame there. I mean, that's just definitely part of it.
5: I agree. To me, like, the mafia isn't the strongest... Because they were so motivated, they seemed to me to be motivated by like money and less by hate. Mm-hmm. And also, it was interesting what Margaret was saying about there may have been something personal going on.
2: Yes, her name is Anna Genevese was the, the wife, the name of the wife that you were talking about. Mm-hmm. And, they were, and what I did read was that she was, a lot of people said she was into the ladies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. They could have instigated, I mean, they could have exacerbated the situation, the mafia, but I don't think they were, doesn't seem like they were a direct cause.
1: No, I think they were just sort of bystanders. They just happened to sort of be there. Yeah, they definitely weren't allies, but I think we can take them off.
4: Now, the World's Fair.
2: I mean, no, only because when do you hear people talking about the World's Fair (laughs) alongside the Stonewall riots? Like, regularly, I guess? It seems like not the (laughs) go-to.
1: You could almost lump that into, if you put it all in with the... Actually, those three are in the same thing as the, the capitalism, the World's Fair, and the Liquor Authority. Like, they're all kind of the same idea. Right. You know? Yeah. yeah it 's all the same, yes, mm-hmm. what You're, would the umbrella
5: for that be called? Would it, that just basically be capitalism? Like, yeah, it would even- just
1: be like the money that 's coming in to New York, like the the sort of um, whatever financial implications of you know the, any mm-hmm. any sort of thing of like the investment that people have in in this or the image or um, New York's image financially. Mm. Mm -hmm. I
5: like that. I like that too. So what kind of, I'm going to sort of change, take off capitalism. Sorry, Clayton. And kind of just umbrella this by putting um, like New York's, like New York's image or New York's capitalist greed. Yeah. New York's greed. Yeah. Greedy image. Yeah. I mean, I would like to send at some point. I would like to send the World's Fair to jail, but I think um, <laughs> I think we could that's another maybe episode. yeah. If we ever do an episode about the World's Fair where there was that serial killer, like the book you were talking about, Clayton. Yes, um, yes, or, Devil R- in the White City. Y- yeah, I think we could maybe have a case to send the fair
1: to jail at that point. So, oh, that's the the one about H. H. Holmes.
5: Yes, H. that's H. H. a yes. Holmes. that's a great book. Yes. Yeah. yeah, and so if we do an episode like who's to blame for H. H. Holmes, I think the fair. Actually, we could probably get the Pharaoh to jail.
4: <laughs> we'll do that for you, Amanda. <laughs>
1: okay, thank you.
5: I love a fair. I don't know, but there's a lot of problems. <laughs> yes. I also think we can take God out
4: because I think God. I, I, more than that, it's organized
1: religion, right? Yeah.
2: Right. It's people invoking yeah. God. Well, I
1: think They're people using-, using God as an excuse. I think it's more, mm-hmm. and religion as an excuse, too. That It has more to do with people's own fear of their own possible gayness and their own like um, mm-hmm. desires and their own human frailties um, and their own weaknesses um, than it does to of their own you know god or any sort of fear of religion or whatever
4: yeah so i think you're right i think we can take off organized religion for this like Mm -hmm. that's just a crutch yeah and mccarthyism it really like inflamed the and it was an uh, again it was also a crutch though it was like uh, an excuse for them to make these laws but really underneath it it's this own personal homophobia right
2: i feel like it sets the like the decade what a decade <laughs> and it certainly builds the atmosphere for something like this to erupt you know it's fanny right but it was
5: there all along so i'm gonna take off mccarthyism and then with that the la i love yes. the term the lavender scare i've never heard that i'm fascinated but do we want to <laughs> take both of those off
4: yes i think we can take them off I guess we can take the fashion industry off,
2: <laughs> yeah:
5: Oh, Rebecca, yeah. remember when we um what episode was it that we gave dress codes? to the big slap that was uh the the, uh, the Astor Place riots? Right. I mean, we could it kind of goes back to dress codes, but yeah, why is it that men wear pants and women wear skirts?
4: I, I nobody knows, we just do it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Because that's just what you do. I mean,
4: there's is no it real reason. Pe- I, the only thing I can say, th- I think
5: about this all the time and I'm like, is it for peeing right. purposes or is it a sexual thing? <laughs> no, I think it's because women have to have babies and it's hard to have a baby. And if you're wearing pants <laughs> through, okay. So they always have to be ready to give birth. Well, that's why I never wear pants. It's just in case. Cause you never know.
2: I always wear pants because I don't want to have
5: to.
2: So I don't want to put myself in that position.
5: Okay, so just, just to recap for the listeners, we now are down to the uh, the police, police commissioner Howard Leary, deputy Seymour Pine, New York's greedy image and homophobia.
4: I think we can take Leary off because I think Seymour Deputy Pine was more. Uh, he had a vendetta. It feels like against the
1: Stonewall. It's hard to not put homophobia in jail. I, and I think that uh, it is all homophobia. I mean, it is like uh, the police are just acting under the orders of the deputy. But the, the, it is basically homophobia. I, all mean, of I agree. A good
2: point. Yeah. If the, if the homophobia didn't exist, the police wouldn't be raiding the bars trying to break up people for. Right. And,
1: know, it,
4: and, if, and if homophobia
1: didn't exist, then they wouldn't mind gay people being out on the street. And they could get money other ways, and it's not, it's not yes. the gay people that are making the money go away. It, it isn't the money that, it, it doesn't, the gay people don't make any city look poorer by any extent. It's, no. In
4: fact, they actually make it better. <laughs>
2: well, <yeah. laughs> You're always it's, happy when the gays move into the literally been proven. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
4: Um, okay, then I'm I like with that. you. I think we should give send homophobia to jail, and then give the big slap to the police.
2: I'm down yeah. with that.
4: Uh, the police, you're getting the big slap. <laughs> homophobia, you're going to the alarmist jail. Yay! Yay!
1: Yay.
4: <laughs> wow! What? A, uh, I can't wait to live in a world without homophobia. Thank you so much for joining us,
1: Margaret. It's Thank such a you. Delight. Thank you. This <laughs> is a lot of fun.
4: After Stonewall. According to History.com, though the Stonewall uprising didn't start the gay rights movement, it was a galvanizing force for LGBTQ plus political activism, leading to numerous gay rights organizations, including the Gay Liberation Front, Human Rights Campaign, GLAD, and PFLAG. Craig Rodwell is credited with having the idea to memorialize the riots with an annual celebration. In June of 1970, the first marches were held to celebrate Stonewall in New York, San Francisco, Chicago, and Los Angeles. Since then, his idea of holding an annual march has spread to other cities around the U.S. and around the world. Since 2016, Stonewall Inn, Christopher Park, and the surrounding streets and sidewalks are designated as a national monument in recognition of the area's contribution to gay rights. But there's still a long way to go. As of June 2019, 69 countries have laws criminalizing homosexuality. Among these 69 countries, 44 of them criminalize same-sex relationships. In 11 of them, they are punishable with the death penalty.
1: Vote
4: for who you think is to blame by going to thealarmistpodcast.com Follow us at the, alarmist the on Twitter at thealarmistpodcast on Instagram or email us at the Alarmist podcast at gmail.com. Tune in next week. We'll be discussing the Manson murders.